Hey everyone, your designers are here. I'm Anita at Cedar Hill Farmhouse. And I'm Yvonne at Stone Gable. And I'm Kelly at My Soulful Home. We've got tips and tricks and decorating advice for you today, so let's get started. Okay, everybody, it's episode 158, and today we're going to be diving into the history or the herstory of <laughs> interior story. design. We have some oh, interesting this women. This so interesting. Yeah, we have some interesting women who really um, started the profession and the concept of interior design here in America. And we wanted to talk to you about them today and because we think it's really interesting and you'll you'll sound so fascinating at your next cocktail party. We, you can toss out a few of these names <laughs> will, and, right. and some of their quotes and whatnot. Just sort of fun to know the backstory. I thought this is fascinating thing. And, you know, the way people use their houses has changed so much over time. I'm really fascinated by history. So I love knowing where all these things came from. Of course, we only have a short period of time. So we're just going to touch on a few of our favorite topics about mm-hmm. this. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a fascinating history. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, it also underlines the fact of something, you know, that is an, an undercurrent of everything that we talk about here at DTT is, you know, how important having a lovely, comfortable home that's a sanctuary is. Um, so, you know, reaching way back to even the cave people, you know, they were decorating their caves and mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm. throughout all of history. With art on their wall. Exactly. They were doing things to make their homes expressive of themselves, comfortable, inviting, um, maybe before they even really knew what they were doing or why they were doing it. And so we find that, you know, obviously feel that that is so important and we know we do all do too. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to just take a look back. And as Anita said, we're just kind of sort of, you know, brush over, touch here and there and, and give you some um, information about aspects of the history of interior design that we find the most fascinating. Some tidbits we found interesting. Perfectly said. Yes. You want to kick it off, Miss Anita? Well, I'm starting at medieval times. So do you have something before that? I think that's probably a good place to start. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think a lot of of, um, home decor is also influenced by the Greeks and the Romans, depending on where you are, the the Chinese dynasties, um, yes. uh, Egypt, but let's start. It's, we don't want to go that far back, so we'll start. Well, in the but Middle it's Asia. interesting you mentioned that because in the I think it was 1840s they unearthed Pompeii, yeah, and mm-hmm. so the whole Pompeian style of things they began to see all these intricate mosaics, mm-hmm. tile work from the Pompeian time, and so they started. They kind of did a revival of Pompeian style, and suddenly there were all these new things in the 1840s based on this Pompeian style. In fact, I got a clock recently from around the top part. It's missing, so it's really just a pedestal now, but it has all this intricate hand painting, but it's based on the styles they saw that they unearthed that were from you know, these uh, just biblical times. And really. I really think that styles and and um, motifs and design repeat themselves over and over again and are refreshed as we um, go through history. Right. Well, one of the points I really want to make about interior design is that 
long time ago, people didn't have money, as you probably know, and they were just struggling to survive. Mm -hmm. So in medieval times, this is when they had one pot of soup or uh, I'm trying to think what they called it. It wasn't porridge, but there was some name for it. They would have one pot on the stove and every day they would add stuff to it. So you never Mm -hmm. threw it out. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a little, you know, a little gross for me to think that some of those <laughs> yes. bits of food in there might be uh, from a month before. Uh-huh. They just kept adding to it every day. Anything that was left over just yeah, stayed the, in. Yeah, the Dark Ages and Medieval Times was sort of a slow time for decorators. You know, That's right. Wasn't, it's not, it wasn't a big decorating yeah. time. The a lot of people, that, you know, people weren't like, hey, I'm looking for something Tuscan or farmhouse. Could you come in and help <laughs> no, me? Because, no. because they yeah. were looking for how to feed themselves and protect themselves. Exactly. exactly. So the, when the you're out on a crusade about, or such, you know. The interesting thing about the medieval times is typically they would have one-room homes. So you didn't have a bedroom and – well, the kitchen was usually outside of the home because it would make the house hot. So the – you know, and it was an open fire. So the – the house tended to be one room and that was and that's why you didn't have a lot of permanent furniture in there because this is the room that you ate in this is the room you slept in so things would be moved out of the way over to the sides during the day depending on what activity was going on during the day and people shared bedrooms and mm-hmm. beds i mm-hmm. thought was very interesting mm-hmm. yeah so and, yeah not mm-hmm. a, not a big time for decorating but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and a lot. Well, I mean, a time for illiteracy. It was. It just was a very, very bad time in the world history. So let's dial ahead to when it starts to get fun. Okay. Yeah, functional and fabulous, as John would say. Not just functional. Mm -hmm. So should I talk about Queen Victoria yet? Are we ready? You can do that. Well, I mean, well, that's a big jump because we have the Renaissance, Mm -hmm. and we have you know the painters and and Mm -hmm. and so influenced in Italy. But remember. That's just not the center of the world because they've had, they've had, um, like the Persians and the Turks and the Chinese all had their own history of, of decorating and that they were vibrant. But, you know, we can talk about sort of Central Europe, uh, during that time in the Renaissance. The the world actually got warmer. There was more protein for people to eat. And because of that, they actually, um, their brains became bigger. And it wasn't just surviving. mm -hmm. Right. So during this time, like the uh, Renaissance time, the wealthy began decorating their homes elaborately. But the average person was living in a very sparsely uh, furnished home Mm -hmm. and they were really barely getting by. So they weren't thinking about decorating their homes. Yes, you're right. Go ahead and move ahead to Queen Victoria. Okay. Well, so what I want to do is come now to kind of the fun part of decorating and Victorian stuff. I look, it looks dated to us now, except for you, except for Kelly's house, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is a Victorian farmhouse. But during the industrial revolution, things started being mass produced. So think about this made a massive change in society. Now people are employed. Now People have money, some disposable income right. to buy some furniture. And now guess what? Furniture is being mass produced. And so now it's much more affordable because before this time, if you wanted anything made, you had to go to a craftsman who handmade something specifically just for you. Now it's being mass produced. So it's much cheaper. And 
Queen Victoria, I love Queen Victoria. And the reason it's so fascinating to me because she reigned for so long and she impacted so many things that have gone on in the world in so many styles. Think about uh, Princess Diana, the Kardashians, all Must Madonna, <laughs> all these people rolled into uh, one. Must I mean, she, she was the celebrity back in the day. Oh, yeah, that's true. And so anyway, so she comes into power really about the time of the Industrial Revolution and after, and this is when people are wanting to decorate their homes. They have some money to buy some furniture. And she comes into power and she is wildly popular. She is a style icon, which you don't really think of her as being one, but everyone was copying everything she was doing. Well, look at it this way, Anita. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how we got the white wedding dress. That's what that's what I was going to say. That's oh, okay. I'm sorry. She mm-hmm. popularized the white wedding dress. Yes. She popularized engagement rings. The idea of giving gifts for your birthday or for Christmas or whatever that they popularized that. The Christmas tree also Albert brought from his beloved Germany, mm-hmm. and that and that popularized Tannenbaum. The- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so- but every time I watch Victoria, which I absolutely love, mm-hmm. okay. Does anybody else think that Albert looks so much like Prince? Prince, I know. Yes. Well, the actor does, not the yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I think he does. <laughs> He's oh uh, yeah. I like him. He's cute. Yeah. So sorry, this is um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about. So this is when the style. So here's the weird thing is when you think of before this, and that's the thing too, I want to say with style, things ebb and flow and there's mm-hmm. a backlash. Maybe mm-hmm. it's it's a time of excess and then there's a backlash and then there's a sparseness that comes after that. So when you, if you look, if you watch any kind of uh, Jane Austen based movies, you'll see the homes decorated in the early 1800 style mm-hmm. and they look really sparse to our modern eyes to see how right. things were done. Right. The we Victor- call that like the Federalist style, very right. colonial. Mm-hmm. Napoleon, Napoleon's time period. This is where Louis Philippe, you know, style was popular as well. And so things were rather sparse. Well, uh, Victoria loved lavish, lavish things. And she was brought up in the palace. So, of course, she's been around all these fancy, fancy things. So she was really into pattern on pattern and velvets and brocades and all of this. And here's the another thing. So everyone wanted a style like Victoria's, and she loved all these opulent things. But also, this was a time where you could really, you had some money to spend. And the way you showed off your wealth was every surface had to be covered. If you had a table, it had to have a throw on it. It couldn't be a plain throw. It had to be a very fancy throw mm-hmm. with velvet and tassels. And fringes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and zillions of little plates. Every Everything had a little plate Lots of wallpaper. Little, yeah. Lots of wallpaper. And then what I was saying is things then shifted the other direction. After the Victorian times, people got probably I, – I probably would have been driven nuts with all that clutter. Mm-hmm. And that's when things went – the pendulum swung the other direction and they went into the craftsman style, the mm-hmm. arts and crafts, mm-hmm. where they believed in craftsmanship and artisan – and art, you know, artisans developing things. But things had straight lines and they were much more cleanly done and the time of the excess was over at that point. And notice the wood was a lot lighter as well. Yes. We see that we see sort of the blonde wood coming um, on the forefront where, you know, Victorian woods are heavily carved and dark. And I mean, they're beautiful, but it's just like layer upon layer upon layer of that. Mm -hmm. 
So just about a hundred and say 120 years ago, uh, the term interior designer or interior decorator began to be used in America. And um, people started to embrace form and function and interpreted it through the art of decorating in their homes. And as Anita was saying, people had some more disposable income. And just like it was uh, started with Victoria, people looked to her. Then the industrialists, like the Fricks and the Huntingtons and all of these powerful moguls who had lots and lots of money, they were then people that were looked to for styles and influences in the art of decorating. And so two women really sort of bubbled to the surface, or maybe three, we should say, because we can toss in Edith Wharton and then we can have it like another threesome, which is nice. Um, <laughs> these, these, three, these women started to bubble to the surface and they became like real celebrities in their own right as interior decorators. America's so, first interior decorators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we have Dorothy Draper, who mm-hmm. in 1923 established her the first commercial design firm ever, which is still in business today. Wow. Dorothy Draper and Company. Yeah. And they, something like, uh, oh, the, she decorated hotels. She did the Greenbrier. She's done things, did things at the White House. She was everywhere. And, uh, you know, what an interesting time for a woman to not only have her own company, but really to start a whole industry. And that was also, remember, the time of the suffragette? Yeah. Oh, which makes that very interesting. Well, and this is about the time, you know, one of my favorite authors, Edith Wharton, who was uh, born in 1862, and then she died in 1937. She's famous. She's a famous writer. Uh, she wrote The Age of Innocence, for example. But she was really into interior design, which really fascinates me. And she wrote the Manual of Interior Design in 1897. Mm. Yeah, and I, Anita just told me that before we started t- you know, today, like 15 minutes ago. And I read... I thought everything that Edith Wharton has ever written, but I didn't know she did that. So mm-hmm. that is so interesting. So in, in the early 1900s, um, we had Dorothy Draper and she was not trained in interior design. There was no school of interior design mm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So she was taking good taste, common sense, and a natural talent to interpret things such as proportion, scale, and color. You know, just mm. like we do. And just like you do in your own homes, as you're listening and you're looking through magazines and Pinterest, you, you're you just relying on your good taste, your common sense, and your ability to put something together. And this is what Dorothy Draper did. And the other woman that I find so interesting is Elise DeWolf. Yeah. She oh, was yeah. the first woman to actually, she was given a quote unquote commission uh, to design something. Uh, so I guess the commission means she was paid for it. So that, you know, was interesting in of itself. And in 1913, she then published her first interior design book, The House in Good Taste. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take yes. a look around. And if we can find a link to a copy of that, we'll put that in the mm-hmm. show notes. But um, she is a very interesting woman. She um, was born into a very... Uh, a prominent family in New York, let's just say. And I guess, I don't know if this is true, whether she said it literally or figuratively, but she said, Macy's is now our front door. So that may have been their family home in New York where Macy's was. 
And then um, Yvonne, you'll find this interesting. She spent some time in Scotland uh, as a young girl like you did. And she started out as an actress. And really what she was known for was more of her costume. She had some uh-huh. special arrangement with her directors where she could pick out her own outfits. And I guess she was just so good at putting them together. That's was It was better than her acting. Set mm-hmm. design as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know if I, she did the- I didn't read anything about that. But what she did was cleared out like like you were saying everything was opulent and overdone and just you know doily on top of doily and doily on top of fabric and mixed patterns and all that she is known for sort of clearing out the clutter opening up the spaces using soft warm colors and that was her signature look and she apparently decorated her home which was on Irving Place, which is a great little area in New York City. And when people came to visit, they were just like, oh my goodness, like this was such a departure and everyone loved it. And all of a sudden, she decided, well, I'm going to become a decorator. Better than acting. (laughs) I'm pretty good at this. And so Elise DeWolf has some really uh, interesting quotes that I like. Um, Apparently, she wasn't the most attractive gal, but again, you know, the uh, you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder and looks change over the years but I guess she was not known for being particularly uh, stunning so one of her famous quotes is I am going to make everything around me beautiful that will be my life oh. and that, <laughs> but I like that so quote. dramatic I love that quote and she launched herself into uh, the life of an interior designer and the other one which rang through my head while I was uh, renovating our house here is I believe in optimism and plenty of white paint. Oh, <laughs> she would fit right in with a yeah, lot of exactly. today's designers. I know, I know. How about so? That? I, I, she's written. Uh, she, I believe that she wrote a book as well, but it was not as uh, famous as the Dorothy Draper book, "The House in Good Taste," which you know I think. I have not read it, but I think if we did read it today, I'm I'm venturing to say that it would probably be pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. These two gals seem to, you know, have uh, a, just a natural sense of what was going to work it, throughout the ages. You know, it doesn't matter. It, you know, they're probably giving tips and advice like we would be giving now. It doesn't matter if it's a farmhouse or a Tuscan or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or or caveman or whatever your mm-hmm. look is. Mm-hmm. If if you have a good taste, common sense, and then you develop a talent to put it all together, it can work in any decor, in any age. Well, and I think most of this last century in America, design has been pretty typically American and English, most, most designs. So um, I think that's really the basis for a lot of the design over the previous decades. You don't think French? I think it's, well, I don't think it's impacted the masses like it does now. But I, I you know, Jackie Kennedy's the one that really brought French, had that French style. and, and I Yeah, Sister Parrish actually um, designed the White House for them. Mm-hmm. Well, the White House mm-hmm. is very, yeah, American, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Which it needs to be. Well, there was a lot of French influence in it, actually. Well, she, yeah, right. No, she had some fresh French influences for sure. But I don't know that. I, you really think there's been a lot of French influence on design in the U.S. Um, 
previous to maybe the last 30, 40 years? Uh, probably not in the last 30, 40 years, but definitely Previous since to that, then. I'm saying. Uh, no, prob- you're right. Probably more English than anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But definitely French style has made uh, a reappearance. And during the time of um, Queen Victoria and Napoleon and, and further back, French style influenced all of Europe. The courts oh, of yes. Europe, Russia, oh, you absolutely. know, everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we yeah. see it again. It's just like uh, a do-over, you know, like I'm thinking of the Grecian key motif. Oh. You know, that's so big right now. Well, in styles, obviously, uh, before it took a while from one style to spread to another area. And now it's just kind of instantaneous. And I know even with fashion, you don't even have to wait for the next fall fashion cycle. I mean, uh, there's new designs coming out every month, every Mm -hmm. week now, whereas it used to be once a year release or twice a year. And, you know, with the internet, I mean, everything's just changes so much faster now. Yeah. Almost like you want to say, stop the madness. Let Mm -hmm. me just enjoy this stuff for a while. It seems I am. I, it is. And I can see how it's annoying to people and it's annoying to me. I mean, you get the rose gold. Now everything's rose gold and then rose gold. And, and then a year later, Rose gold, it's out, it's out. Get rid of it, get rid of it. (laughs) Weren't you just telling me to get it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the time it trickles down where a lot of people are getting it, it's out already. The forerunners are off Mm -hmm. on something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it is, I I think it's such an interesting industry in and of itself. I I love the idea that, you know, it's pretty much started by women, you know, mm-hmm. to make actually making interior decorating or interior design a profession and and how far it has come in such a short period of time, you know, relatively short period of time in the history of the world, 120 years, that's pretty quick, right? And now we have, we go from like these few gals, uh, you know, sort of tripping on their profession in a sense, right? They they just did something, someone liked it and reacted to it. And then, you know, they were smart and saying, well, that's what, I guess I'll just do that for a living now. Let me go get some <laughs> business cards made up or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and you know, now a dial head only a hundred and some odd years and you've got DIY network and you've got HGTV and you've got all, you know, all the blogs and you've got all the shelter magazines and you've got decorating tips and tricks, the podcast, <laughs> all this kind of stuff here. I, you know, it's, I think it's a, it's a wonderful time to enjoy design because it's so accessible now. And well, Kelly, everyone. you don't have to have a degree or those letters behind your name. So many people now can be fabulous home decorators themselves because of the volumes of information that they can get. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, think about- Educate yourself. Yeah. Don't you think design now is influenced by TV shows too? Oh, sure. Or, you know, movies, people like that, you know, they want a certain look like that they've seen in a movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even think about, I think the, like the first house that I really did, and I remember wanting to get certain fabrics or certain hardware, and it was to the trade only. You know, uh, you know yes. anything uh, that was I, kind of, uh, you know, not just off different. the rack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. had to, you know, and so 
the world is not like that anymore, whether oh, it be no. fabric or wallpaper or, or fi- any kind of fixtures. I mean, you can get pretty much anything from anywhere on the internet. So we're really sitting in a really great spot in the history of interior design. Yeah. And if, yeah. You're, if you're feeling like, you know, we're, we like to impart to you um, information, tips, advice, knowledge to give you more confidence in your home decorating. And now, you know, you look back to the, some of these women that we've been talking about today and, you know, they just went for it. They they, they had an inkling that they liked it, this sort of thing and that they were good at it and it was going to make themselves happy and their clients happy. And they just went for it. They- but look, they came out of that art world too, mm-hmm. which amazes me. A lot of people like fashion, art, culinary skills, it's almost like they're all rolled into one. It's that very creative aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And we can see that people offshoot from that. You know, okay, I I spent my time in like Carolyn... Carolyn um, Rome, she she modeled for um, uh, Ralph Lauren yeah. and designed with him. And she just took her knowledge of fashion and put it into flowers and home interiors. It's just amazing. Oh, I, do, I love her books. They're so mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. She really has a great style. So we, we're hoping that you enjoyed today. If anybody has any other... Uh, you know, information about the history of interior design that they want to share with us or give us some point points uh, of direction on other people that you'd like to hear about, maybe specific designers. You know, we've mentioned like Sister Parish and a few others. They might be just interesting to dive into a few of those people, mm-hmm. you know, right. in an I episode. Mean, we just kind of picked out a few pieces of interesting information that we had. This was, topic was so broad. It was kind of hard to even but go it's just so very interesting. deep on anything. That's exactly right. right. But like I, Anita, I, I know yeah. you love Charles Fadre. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, he's since passed recently. Right. But I know that he's influenced your love of French design and detail. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many designers that we could talk about. And I really kind of focused on you know, the way back history. Yeah. And yeah. not the recent history. But there's so much that we could talk about in different styles, how they've who has brought them over, how they did it. And it's it's so interesting to me to to learn about the evolution of it. Mm, yeah, because it, it, it is not just fluff, you know. It, it, is, it really, is not just fluff. That's no. right. So, you know, what you're doing and what we're, we talk about and what we're doing on the blogs and, and you guys are enjoying the, the podcast, it's important. And it's, it's so inter- interesting how you can sort of pinpoint the points in history where things change, like Anita brought to our attention today, you know, where there was this shift and all of a sudden people had some disposable income and that's how things changed well, and, and look like what about, they did with the money. They well, wanted about, to make their homes beautiful. Right. I mean, with the early 1900s, that's when really after the Edwardian time, really around the 20s, I think, mm-hmm. is about the time ready to wear came into play because before mm-hmm. that, just like we talked about pre-industrial revolution, you had to have something custom made. There were no mass-produced pieces of furniture. The same thing with women's clothing. You had everything custom made just for you. And about that time, that's when they started introducing this ready-to-wear where you could go to a shop and pick out something in your size and buy it. Right. So, so it was accessible to everyone. And, mm-hmm. and I think you know now, interior design, interior decorating, I mean, goodness, with online, with Target, with all of these things, it, it, good design is accessible to everybody. It, and it's it's a great time to be interested in this type of thing. 
Mm-hmm. You're right. You said something that's spot on. Good design is accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. And, well, and I think, oh, go ahead. And, go ahead. and of all the history of the world, that's never been true like it is now. The other thing I wanted to add to that is really as just like with fashion, it used to be that there were one or two styles with fashion or with interior decorating. And you really didn't have a lot of choices of what was in style or on trend. And now it really is kind of an anything goes. You can wear a short skirt, a long skirt, a mid skirt. Uh, You can go with a lot of color in your house, a little bit of color. And it's all works and it's all in style somehow all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and really, you can be so creative and make your home a reflection of you. And, you know, this is why we do what we do. This is why we're here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, bringing you new information, because we want you to create a beautiful home that looks like you, that feels like you, that yeah. you're enjoying. And also, we want to educate and entertain so that you have a little bit of knowledge, a little base of knowledge when you start decorating. And we're that pleases me so much when I get an email or a comment saying, oh, I never thought about that before. But now that you said that, I've been using this technique and I love it. And that's just music to our ears. Yeah. So if there's any particular topics you want us to cover, and like we said, it, it could be a decorating, con- in some sort of decorating thing, but also even something historical if you're interested about or different or different kind of styles, what makes this style different from that one. I mean, we love doing the research and finding out, uh, you know, just some fascinating new information. Yeah. And we've been doing all of this for almost one year. (laughs) So we are thrilled uh, to be celebrating our year anniversary on the next episode. Mm -hmm. So don't miss out on that. And if you sent us a question via email or voicemail. We may be talking about you or answering your question on the uh, next next episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and if yours doesn't get covered next time, it will get covered the next time because we do read your questions, uh, listener questions. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're going to celebrate our one year anniversary with you all. (laughs) So remember everyone, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home until next time. Hey, everybody, we want to thank you so much for listening to Decorating Tips and Tricks. And we want to make it even easier for you to listen. And it's easier if you subscribe. You just click the subscribe button on our website, www.decoratingtipsandtricks.com. Or you can subscribe through Apple Podcast or any of your favorite podcast listeners. When you subscribe, DTT comes free right to you three days a week. So until next time.